Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well-rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step-by-step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours, where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com slash RA to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com slash RA. Or just head to the homepage and click on courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode. Hey, friends and neighbors. You're listening to the Well Rested Podcast, episode number 28, Cupid's Pillow. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. Valentine's is just a few days away. Ever wonder how your time between the sheets is affected by your sleep? Better put the kids to bed early, because in this week's episode, I'll be reviewing some of the data on sleep and sex, including sexual function and dysfunction, fertility, and how improving sleep can improve your sex life. I hope each of you has been lucky enough to share your life with a loved one. Long-term romantic partners are a literal lifesaver. Married individuals live longer, stay healthier longer, and more likely to engage in healthy behaviors. For anyone who is single, this is not in any way a death sentence, and nothing that I say is meant to belittle or denigrate. And just because you don't happen to currently be in a relationship does not mean that any of what follows can't be applicable. So stay tuned. There is some very interesting data coming out about having a bed partner. Sharing awake time is the best way to form and reinforce a bond between two people. But why should mutual unconsciousness matter? When you fundamentally cannot be aware of each other, Why should it matter if you are together or not? And won't having another body in the bed be more disturbing from their body heat or cold toes as they naturally toss and turn, kick or shift or move about? Could sharing your bed with a loved one actually lead to love lost between you? When children and pets are in the bed, sleep is objectively worse all around. But data on bed sharing between romantic partners is revealing some interesting findings. You may have heard that when young women house together, such as in dorms or as roommates, that their menstrual cycles may begin to synchronize. The fact that we can influence each other's biology from a distance like that by itself is quite astounding. But we are starting to see some glimmers of something similar with sleep. One interesting study published in 2020 looked at 55 heterosexual and same-sex couples and their sensitivities to each other's sleep disturbance. Each bed partner wore an FDA-cleared sleep tracker called an actigraphy watch for one week, filled out a log of their subjective sleep over the same period, and answered some questionnaires. The researchers were looking at minute-by-minute synchrony of being awake versus asleep. For example, shared sleep time and shared wake time. And what they call transmissions, where one partner's wakefulness triggers the other to wake, including the number of these transmissions, the percentage of an individual's total awakenings that were shared by their bed partners, transmitted in either direction, as well as resistance to transmission, meaning how much of partner A's wake time was partner B able to sleep through. While they uncovered lots of interesting data, they found that the more synchronized the timing of couple sleep, the more synchronized the sleep overall. 
When couples go to bed at the same time, they are more likely to sync up in their wake periods across the night as well, especially with more typical sleep timing versus delayed sleep timing. A negative way to interpret this is to assume that having the same bedtime as your bed partner means your partner is more likely to disturb your sleep. But the actual disturbances were relatively rare and short, with couples sharing about 91.8% of their sleep time on average. And further, this is demonstrating a linking, a synchronization of partners' ultradian rhythms. You've heard me talk a lot about circadian rhythms, the body's internal clock across the 24 or so hour day. Ultradian rhythms, on the other hand, refer to the cycles shorter than a day, and specifically to the cycling through sleep stages across the night. Light sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep, light sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep, and so on. So what we see in this study is that the more synchronized partner's circadian cycling is, both in terms of timing to go to sleep and their morningness and eveningness preferences, the more synchronized their ultradian cycles may be as well, with greater percentage of shared brief awakenings across the night. I think that's rather sweet, don't you think? Hearts and minds intertwined, even when unconscious. It's romantic. This wasn't the only study suggesting this synchronization of bed partners. A separate study was published in the summer of 2020. The researchers had couples undergo two full polysomnogram sleep studies, both as isolated individuals, as well as co-sleeping. One big finding was how much better quality sleep they achieved together. Compared to when each individual was sleeping alone, when co-sleeping with a romantic partner, they achieved about 10% more REM sleep per night, experienced less fragmentation of REM sleep, and experienced longer individual bouts of REM sleep undisturbed. But again, I think the more remarkable finding was that the rest of sleep architecture was also more synchronized. Sleep architecture is like the arrangement of the building blocks of a full night of sleep. What stage of sleep and when, for how long, and with what interruption? When couples were co-sleeping, all their sleep stages were more synchronized. This held true even after excluding all the wake time, which is what we saw as the marker of synchronous sleep in that last research study. This coupling of sleep stages had a lag of only about five minutes, meaning that once partner A went into deep sleep, partner B tagged along too into deep sleep within about five minutes. And when partner B jumped into REM sleep, partner A was right there with him within about five minutes. Again, this is truly remarkable. Two bodies that happen to be sharing the same bed, like real-life telepathy, literally start synchronizing the pattern of their brain waves. And when separated in different beds, that synchronization did not occur. It's being together that made the difference. And not just together physically as the only influence. The researchers also saw that the more social support the couples felt reinforcing their bond, the greater their sleep was synchronized. Furthermore, the deeper the relationship between the partners, the greater the synchrony. Truly amazing, and a lot more to explore there, as this data is quite fresh and still needs to be replicated, but very fascinating. Sexual function is intimately tied to sleep in every way possible. Like in most things in clinical medicine, we have a lot more information on things going wrong rather than what keeps things right or normal, and we'll dive into that in just a moment. But there was an interesting 2015 study in the Journal of Sexual Medicine looking at the sleep behaviors of 171 women over a couple weeks. They found that longer sleep duration was associated with greater next-day sexual desire. Now, these aren't huge odds, but each one-hour increase in sleep duration was associated with a 14% higher odds of engaging in sexual activity. Furthermore, the greater the average sleep duration, the greater the reported genital arousal compared to women who did not sleep as much. And these relationships were independent of daytime mood and fatigue levels. 
There was no clear data on similar outcomes in men, but this does provide a good opportunity for couples. The better the sleep, the better the sleeping together. Now, there's a lot more information on sexual dysfunction in sleep. In fact, one 2020 review on sleep in the journal Sexual Medicine Reviews recommended that because there's such an exquisite association, that every individual with any sexual complaint should be screened for a sleep disorder. One 2017 study in the journal Menopause demonstrated strong links between women's sleep and sexual function. The researchers found that both insomnia and short sleep duration were each associated with poor sexual function and decreased sexual satisfaction among postmenopausal women. A separate 2019 study of postmenopausal women demonstrated that any self-reported sleep disturbance was robustly associated with a 67% higher odds of vaginal pain and 69% higher odds of vaginal dryness, as well as a dose-response relationship with decline in sexual health over the last year. As far back as 2011, studies of women between the ages of 28 and 64 found that those with untreated obstructive sleep apnea were significantly more likely to suffer sexual difficulty, including more sexual distress and manifest female sexual dysfunction. A study published just last month in January 2021 found that women with sleep apnea were more likely to suffer sexual dysfunction, as well as increased anxiety and depression, all of which snowballed into worsening quality of life. A separate study in 2020 also looked at this particular problem of sleep apnea in women. They found that compared to women matched for age and body mass index, women recently diagnosed with sleep apnea but not yet started on treatment experienced worse overall sexual function, including lowered sexual desire, increased rates of female sexual dysfunction, and worse body image, especially if they woke up feeling short of breath, a not infrequent symptom of sleep apnea. This is certainly not just a women's issue. A 2019 study in men also found that among those with sleep apnea, rates of sexual dysfunction are significantly higher, and these men too suffer significantly worse body image. Multiple studies delineate by several different mechanisms the strong association between sleep apnea and erectile dysfunction. A 2019 article in the Journal of Sexual Medicine as part of the English Longitudinal Study of Aging found worse self-reported sleep quality is associated with erectile dysfunction, as well as problems with arousal and orgasm in both men and women over the age of 50. In fact, women with subjective low sleep quality were 70% more likely to suffer problems with sexual arousal compared to their better-rested peers. And not just sleep apnea or subjective sleep quality. Circadian misalignment can play a large role as well. Among men in their 30s and 40s, working atypical shifts outside a widened standard window of 7am to 6pm, working atypical shifts, whether routinely or occasionally, is highly associated with erectile dysfunction. A 2020 study found that while taking testosterone replacement lessened the blow, that even hormone replacement was not as effective at correcting erectile dysfunction as having a synchronized or aligned circadian rhythm. That suffering a misaligned internal clock with atypical shifts doesn't just lower testosterone levels to the point of needing to be replaced by a shot, but had an impact on erectile dysfunction beyond just the total testosterone levels. As even after testosterone replacement, Erectile dysfunction persisted for those young men with circadian misalignment from their working schedules. A 2020 review looking at dozens of other peer-reviewed studies concluded that erectile dysfunction, lower urinary tract symptoms, meaning get up to pee overnight, weak or spidey stream or the dribbles, and hypogonadal symptoms, meaning laboratory-confirmed and other symptoms of low testosterone, all of these urological problems in men have a linear relationship with sleep, meaning the worse the sleep, by quality or quantity, the worse the erectile dysfunction. The worse the sleep, the worse the urinary difficulties. The worse the sleep, the worse the testosterone problems. The authors conclude by again recommending to their colleagues in urology that screening for sleep problems be, quote, 
imperative, unquote, during evaluation and management of men's health issues. A 2020 study looked at the relationship between circadian well-being and men's reproductive health in over 2,000 otherwise healthy young men. Bottom line, circadian misalignment worsens sperm quality. Among working-age men, shift work outside typical hours was associated with a 26% increased odds of low sperm count. In college students with social jet lag, there was also a 16% increased odds of low sperm count. In both groups, working age and undergrad, once the circadian misalignment was corrected, once shift work was stopped and after social jet lag was corrected, sperm counts returned to normal. Just to be sure this wasn't a fluke, the researchers also ran experiments on mice to desynchronize their internal clocks from the environment. And just like the humans, misaligned internal clocks dropped sperm counts, which recovered to normal after circadian realignment. In the mice, the researchers actually found that the cells in the testes responsible for sperm generation were committing suicide, something called cellular apoptosis. They also saw downregulation of key genes involved in sperm generation. Is this nature's way of telling you that if your clock ain't right, the future of the species needs to be put on hold? A separate 2020 study of 104 men treated at a fertility clinic looked at the relationship between semen quality and sleep habits. They found that compared to men who turn in for the night prior to 10.30, men with a habitual bedtime between 10.30 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. were 2.75 times more likely to have poor semen quality, and that those with bedtimes later than 11.30 p.m. were four times more likely to have abnormal semen, just from a later bedtime. Furthermore, Men who habitually slept under 7 hours a night were over 6 times more likely to have abnormal sperm. Yikes. And as discussed in episode 4, a 2020 study demonstrated that evening screen use is associated with worse sperm motility overall, lower sperm count, and a higher percentage of immobile sperm, just from evening light exposure from screens. And they also found that men who slept longer had higher sperm counts and better sperm motility, and that the less sleepy men were, the better the sperm motility. A separate 2020 study examined some of the possible mechanisms. Using rats, yes, back to the rodent data, rats that were chronically partially sleep-deprived had worse fertility, as we've seen in men with lower sperm concentration, lower sperm viability, lower sperm motility, and significantly higher rates of sperm malformation. They found that there were significant genetic alterations in the sperm of these sleep-deprived rats, including genes related to metabolism, inflammation, and some hormonal pathways involved in blood pressure regulation. The genes expressed by sperm of animals is different when the animal is sleep-deprived, leading to very poor-functioning reproduction cells and decreased fertility. Women's fertility is also strongly affected by sleep and circadian health. While it may not be quite so obvious in men, women have a much clearer manifestation of the importance of cycling, that over a period of a month, there is an unmistakable fluctuation in body function. So it would make sense that alterations in 1 28th of that cycle, changes in circadian cycling, could also affect the 28-day cycle, the up and down of luteinizing hormone, follicular-stimulating hormone, prolactin, estrogen, progesterone. If the second hand is ticking too fast, too slow, or too irregularly, then surely the tracking of minutes and hours will be affected too. Multiple recent studies demonstrate alteration in levels and secretion of important hormones including FSH, LH, and prolactin among women with sleep disturbances or circadian misalignment. Circadian changes from shift work to jet lag to even just daylight savings, see episode 13, are associated with worse fertility and early pregnancy difficulties. These have even been shown to alter the expression of some of the body's clock's genes, which are associated with worsening fertility and increases in miscarriages. 
One 2020 study looked at women presenting to a tertiary IVF clinic in the UK. They found that women who suffered recurrent implantation failure during in vitro fertilization attempts slept on average 53 minutes less than fertile women. And women who suffered recurrent miscarriages also slept less, about 36 minutes less per night on average compared to a control group of fertile women. A separate 2020 systematic review by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine found strong links between sleep and circadian wellness and fertility outcomes. Reviewing dozens of studies, they found that short sleep duration, delayed circadian rhythms, and irregular circadian rhythms, courtesy of shift work, were each significantly associated not just with ovary function, sperm quality, but also IVF success as well. Clearly, the rhythms of your days and nights has a strong influence on the rhythms of your weeks and months in these longer cycles of hormones, with radical consequences for reproductive health. But thankfully, it's not all doom and gloom. We've already seen that getting a little more sleep improves sexual desire and function among women. Getting a little bit more sleep improves sperm function in young men. Going to bed at a reasonable hour without a delayed circadian rhythm is associated with better sperm health. Correcting circadian misalignment from shift work or social jet lag normalizes sperm function that was previously disabled by the circadian problem. A 2020 study from the International Society of Sexual Medicine found that even a little education for shift workers makes a difference. The study involved 120 female nurses, a group who, unfortunately, are frequently forced into abnormal shift work. The intervention involved three education sessions regarding sleep health delivered over a few weeks. They found that three months after the intervention, quality of sleep was significantly improved after just these three brief sessions on sleep health, despite the continued shift work. They also found that women who had a bit of sleep health education, again with absolutely nothing about sexual health, that they reported significant improvements in sexual self-efficacy, as well as significant improvements in sexual quality of life. That among those who are forced to periodically misalign circadian rhythms and all the trouble that spells for them, just a little education on sleep, three months after all those classes ended, that their sex lives were better compared to a control group who received no sleep education. And not just sexual quality of life, but feeling like they had more control over their sexual destiny as well. And what about those poor souls with erectile dysfunction and female sexual dysfunction courtesy of sleep apnea? Well, it turns out that treating sleep apnea treats a lot of these non-sleep symptoms as well. The prostate gets blamed for a lot. Whether it is overgrown or not, most men suffering difficulty with urinary symptoms are told it must be their prostate and get started on medicines. But a 2020 study of over 600 men demonstrated that once they were started on CPAP to treat sleep apnea, that overnight bathroom trips ended, that the objective flow rates and stream quality of their urine were normalized. All those symptoms attributed to the prostate magically disappeared once sleep apnea was treated. And the prostate itself? No change in size or any change in the level of the PSA, a measure of the prostate hormone output. So clearly resolution of these prostate problems was not mediated by anything the prostate did, because the prostate had nothing to do with it in the first place. And did I mention that erectile dysfunction also resolved once sleep apnea was treated? In fact, two separate 2019 systematic reviews and meta-analyses found that CPAP is just as effective as the little blue pill in correcting erectile dysfunction and rigidity. In fact, CPAP was even more effective than pills, the phosphodiesterase type 5 inhibitors, if you're curious. CPAP was superior to ED medications in improving the total number of erectile events. So to summarize, what happens between the sheets depends a lot on what happens the rest of the time between the sheets. The better the sleep, the better the sleeping together. We've seen that when you share the bed with a romantic partner, your bodies and minds literally synchronize. 
bouts of wake and sleep stages actually align more closely together than when sleeping separately. And even those transmitted bouts of wakefulness are few and not all that disturbing. And the stronger the relationship, the more synchronized the sleep. Truly amazing, this romantic telepathy of love. We've seen that problems like circadian misalignment or sleep apnea cause problems with male and female sexual arousal, orgasm, fertility. Poor sleep quality in women is associated with vaginal dryness and discomfort and declining sexual health. We've seen that problems like sleep apnea don't just cause sexual dysfunction, but actually worsen body image too in both women and men. Sleep problems and circadian misalignment lower testosterone levels, lower sperm count and viability, lead to ovarian dysfunction and alterations in FSH, LH, and prolactin, basically causing the loss of fertility, the evolutionary goal of Valentine's after all, infertility in both men and women, and that any problem with sexual health or fertility basically mandates a medical screening for sleep and circadian health. And we've seen that women who sleep more have better sexual desire and arousal. We've seen that knowing just a little bit more about sleep actually increases women's sexual quality of life and sexual self-efficacy, despite continued circadian misalignment. We've seen resolution in erectile dysfunction by treating sleep apnea, which in some ways is even more effective than the medications. We've seen correction in sperm count and mobility by correcting social jet lag and realigning circadian rhythms. Fertility improves with correction of sleep and circadian problems. In short, Valentine's Day is just better when you're well-rested, no matter your age, no matter your reproductive aspirations. So skip the cards, flowers, and chocolate and give each other the gift of sleep. I've got a little handout for you, so if you head over to wellrestedmd.com day, you can get a free cheat sheet to the day in the life of the well-rested, including some specific best practices to get that good snooze. That's www.wellrestedmd.com day. Be sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes, leave us a review, and head over to wellrestedmd.com for more information. Thanks for listening.